Hello, welcome back to Two Vegan Idiots. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Francis Dean. Welcome back to this week's episode with an uh, interesting episode because he's um, an old friend of both of ours. I've known him since pre-comedy. Um, I've known him and... since pre-COVID. Uh, <laughs> I've known um, him actually when I met you. At, um, well, I met you before that, but one of the first... Me and you and him did it. When I first met Rob, you were there basically, the comedy calf. Oh yeah, yeah. Was Weekend. he hosting? He was hosting. I was. That was the that was the, the newbie. That was the time where did a weekend. Um, I think it was my first weekend there as well. Same here. Yeah. And afterwards, uh, I was going. I had a cigarette outside. Me and Rob were outside, and a guy. And I remember because this is. I'd known Rob, and I'm you know I sort of. I've always, I always loved him, but like you know, what I saw him do here just took it up a notch because um, a guy came up to me at a break and basically came up to both of us and he was telling, t- saying to, he meant to Rob, I oh, mate, you're well funny because Rob was hosting and being really, you know, quick and dealing with everyone. And then I'd been on, and the guy turned to me and went, and uh, yeah, mate, sorry, yeah, you just weren't for me. Do you know what I mean? Just really coldly cut me down. And obviously, I'm a new comic, so I was like, really, it took the wind out of myself. And then Rob ah. just Rob just turned to him, and apologies to, for the language in an intro, but Rob turned to him and just went, mate, can you fuck off? You're a cunt. Like that. <laughs> and the guy thought Rob was doing some banter, because he'd obviously just had a, like, you know, said how much he enjoyed it. Nice himself. of Rob to do that, actually. And like... It was wicked. The guy went, oh, and the guy went to laugh, and Rob went, what are you laughing at, mate? That's what you just done there is out of order. You're a cunt. Fuck off. And the guy could see what he'd done and it was amazing yeah, the guy yeah, walked yeah, off yeah. like with his head he was in, he was ashamed of himself and i remember just thinking that is so like that yeah, the control it takes just to say that very calmly but ex, also incredibly ex-bub owner rob isn't exactly it? Like, he's dealt with so yeah. many arseholes over the years but yeah so rob i met him when he ran a pub in central london that was over the road from from where i worked and then he's i've known him since yeah, he watched me become a comedian essentially and He's a mate, and yeah, he's great. He's been, and he, basically, this episode is really interesting. We have a lot of laughs, catch ups, but also we get properly into chatting it's about heavy about his suicide attempts. Well, basically, because Rob has had some serious mental health issues over over the years, and now he's actually a mental health worker. So we just we get right into some of that, and it's very very interesting stuff. And uh, you know, we do obviously there are parts of it that are quite dark, but also we are making probably quite <laughs> inappropriate, inappropriate comments at the time because we're mates. Sorry about that. But it's, yeah, that's what people. But people it's all fun. People like the podcast for that, mate. No topic is taboo. This felt a little bit heavy, didn't it? Well, there was times where I think we were, way, we were I making ma- like jokes as mates that you thought, oh, actually, some people might think this is. Uncouth. Yeah, I'm very close with Rob. Um, exactly. It's so, like, yeah, basically, I mean. you'll see we have a laugh about some very, very serious things. But also, we do get you know the, the, the fact that we are discussing those things is is key. Um, that's that. That's, that's that sort of trigger warning. Essentially, we never have to. Give yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But you know, um, no snowflakes, please. <laughs> snowflakes. Okay. <laughs> are you Piers Morgan? I was like. <laughs> I'm Piers, you're Susanna Reid. <laughs> no, no cucks watching this. No oh, feminazis, please. <laughs> I love those words. Them words are so dumb, innit? Like it's almost they they were they, they're the sorts of words that no became cuck. they became cuck's hack. Cucks still the funniest, but like snowflake and feminazi, they became a hack within about a week of them appearing online, innit? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then anyone who says them, you're just like, mate, come on, we've moved on from those. Um, but anyway, what I'm saying is, kick back. Uh, it's an hour Relax. long. One. Great, yeah. Just um, and you can listen to three old and share and stuff. Right and the video is going to be on Patreon.com/slash/tv. Yes, where we do um, loads of stuff. So yeah, tune yeah. in. And also, our well, best stuff is behind a paywall. <laughs> as as we, got, we got criticised. <laughs> All their best stuff's behind a paywall. Asshole um, gazing. What? Uh, so was it on? What was it on iTunes? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I never, somebody I mean, sent me a, Somebody I mean, sent me a screenshot of this review. Basically, yeah. If you enjoy the podcast, give us five stars on iTunes. Uh, and if you leave some nice words, that's nice. What I will say is, I've never once read a, an iTunes review of our podcast just because I only read them when they're sent directly to me. There is yes, but basically, somebody sent us one where somebody was criticising us for putting all our best stuff behind the paywall, which I think. We do, we basically we do Good little extra episodes though, on it? yeah on Patreon, 
but we still do the asshole gazing or something. It's got hippy right. dippy. Is there anything wrong with <laughs> if there's something wrong with staring up your own asshole, mate? Then I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> if that's wrong, mate, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> Is what it is. Um, but yeah, I uh, basically you st- we still do the podcast as normal. We just also now added a side project where in recent weeks because I'm recovering from nose surgery, our Patreon output has slightly dropped, but it's coming back. We're back this next week. Coming back normal. A couple of extra little catch up episodes during the week. Video, all the videos are going up, and we do uh, sort of about once a month we do a Zoom Q and A Q&A where patrons can join us for an actual live chat. Fun times, man. There we go. Let's listen to the podcast now. It's Rob Collins. Hope Thanks you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next time. Two vegan idiots. Um, we are starting recording. I've I've already start, I've just started recording, and uh, it's, um, we've had a bit of what's the word tech uh, issue tech issues. We had some tech issues because well, Rob, Rob been... you're you're a technophobe. No, it's a little bit like, well, obviously I'm looking at the screen now and I'm fundamentally very, well, I don't dye my facial hair like uh, your uh, co-host. And uh, it's because I... Don't dye it, people. This is real deal. I have have touched it up a few times, but this ain't touched up. Julian! I don't think you can see the little salt and pepper through the screen. I have got a little bit there. I mean, it's not fucking Santa Claus like you. (laughs) (laughs) We going after fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Just come back from a long fishing trip or something. (laughs) (laughs) You're one of those. No, because I said it to you when we last met that um, you kind of rocked the silver fox look because you must have run out of hair dye that week or something i don't know it's, yeah but, yeah but I'm, I'm old and uh so yeah. i didn't understand what was going on with uh, yeah. so more than it being a tech us, y- was... us young generation we're not we're not <laughs> far apart how old are you now rob he's about, about two months <laughs> older than me exactly <laughs> i was i was 48 uh two weeks ago yeah uh, and, and oh, yeah. I, feel, I do feel quite paternal towards you two because obviously um i knew you Carl. fucked our mums <laughs> Before we were born, because <laughs> yeah, no. I, mean, I conceived you both in the back of my transit <laughs> on, on my fishing boat. <laughs> yeah, I, I am going. I do look a bit Captain Birdseye, but um, I know that's what I'm alluding to, man. Yeah, all right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not necessarily. You didn't. No, anyway. Um, no. Uh, I'll, I'll skip the fish fingers thing, but I mean, um, please. But don't. I knew Carl. Before he was a stand-up, and I remember yeah. him because I had a pub in Covent Garden, and uh, you were what? Were you working in a TV ratings? I was. Club? I was working for AGB, uh, which is they used to. They were one of the companies that compiled the TV ratings. Uh, Live at the Apollo. <laughs> this was pre. This was long before that. Um, Mate, was, long before that. This was um, pre pre com not pre comedy as in like comedy existed in the uh, in the world. There was but, still laughter. Yeah, but there was no. There wasn't. That was during that period where there was no real TV comedy. There was sitcoms. You know, that was like there would have been spaced and like early two thousands, in it. But um, yeah, I had not ventured into comedy yet, and then I used no, to just no, drink no. in it's Rob's a- pub uh, at lunchtime with some of my workmates. Well, Andrew was your um, uh, a jumper Andrew, as you used to call him. He was an Irish guy from Dublin. Yes. Uh, and uh, it was quite funny. And I was actually talking to sitcoms. I was going to base a sitcom based on his life. Did you know that, Carl? No. Did you know that he... <laughs> like Andrew, uh, he was one of the most dour uh, guys. He was. You know, everything was like really bad in the world, yeah, and, yeah. you know. And like basically, he met a girl, Jules, and uh, they bought a house at the uh, height of the um, property boom. But then the recession kicked in, and they went into negative equity, and they split up. But oh, they were stuck in this house. Yuck. So I uh, uh-huh. and like he'd come in every day, and he'd be like, "We just came in last night again with like two guys," and oh. they were. I was just like two guys. <laughs> oh, that was you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, but he told me one of the funny stories. Ever, Who were we uh, talking about, by the way? Carl's old oh, boss. No, he used to work. He wasn't a boss. He was just he worked in another department. Oh, I see. Okay. But he came in one day and he said, uh, 
I got the train to work today and I, I had a really bad experience. And I said, what do you mean? He's going, well, I was reading the Metro and this uh, girl was sitting opposite me and uh, she was reading the Metro as well. And she pulled down the, the Metro and said to me, excuse me, are you single? And he said, I didn't say anything. But everyone heard her ask me. And she pulled up the paper again. And then he, said, and then he was like, he was feeling really, really cocky because he just obviously assumed she asked him, was he single? Yeah, because yeah. Do, you think that, do you think that definitely happened? I no, but this is what happens next, which is the funniest thing. Um, which <laughs> where Here comes the punchline. Was that, um, so like everyone on the train had heard him because he used to commute to into... It. Yeah, shut up, because you can edit you can edit this rubbish out, can't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Nutshell. <laughs> to make a short story long. And so basically everyone on the train, because he used to commute into Waterloo, and so he just went, he was like, everyone was listening. And then he quite uh, confidently said, um, excuse me, I hope you don't mind me asking, but why have you asked me if I'm single? And then she said to him, well, there's a sock stuck to your trousers. Oh. And if you got married or in a relationship, your wife or girlfriend wouldn't have let you leave the house. Oh, like that. Jesus. Oh. He said the, and he said the whole thing. I thought, you, I thought when it was going to be. When, she, when he says, why do you think I'm single? Single, she goes because you're drinking a can of Cronenberg at seven thirty eight on the trains. You stinky urine. That was because I used to. Um, I lived in Blackheath for a bit, and while I was working there, and uh, and, that, and getting that train in the morning, like it used to come in from further out east, southeast, and uh, and you'd see the odd business. You'd see a business guy. Just with a can of lager in the morning, you're like, fuck, man, your job must be shit. Like, you must hate it so much. Imagine having to have a, having a pre-beer before work. Talking to two recovering alcoholics. Exactly. So you guys know. You should just have... I, never, I never got like that, though. I, I remember one morning before work, there was a bottle of Jack Daniels in my bedroom, and I, I had one <laughs> shot. keep it, innit? <laughs> <laughs> not but in the I, kitchen um, front room <laughs> I, never got to, I never got to that point of drinking on the train I used to have just some Jack Daniels in bed I mean I couldn't even get on the train I was too drunk I had to get a cab <laughs> but I remember one of, like, one, of the question, like, one of the things did you drink in the morning and I'd be like no I never really weren't really a morning drinker but then you'd be like because you're out all night it's not yeah. last as morning <laughs> yeah. no, it's, exactly. still, it's, it's 8am at night mate alright <laughs> Also, yeah, if you're just fucked in bed all day, if you're drinking when you get out, if you get up at 5 p.m. and start drinking till the evening, you're not a social drinker, are you? You yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. you know, because well, obviously about, you're a recovering about, alcoholic as well, Rob. Yeah, no, but I was like talking about the commuting thing was um, about drinking at seven in the morning. We used to do, <laughs> we used to do this thing where during the summertime, um, we'd drink till the sun came up and then get the first train back in the morning because I used to live out in. Um, Pets Wood and Elmstead Woods area. So we get the train from Charing Cross, which was just next to the pub. And um, <laughs> I said, well, you got the first train, all right, half five in the morning or something, whatever, it was back out to that. But we were so hammered that we fell asleep. And I woke up at like 11 o'clock and the train, <laughs> I'd been on the train just going up and down. Oh, yeah. So like, I'd, I'd been on the train during rush hour, man. And oh, like, man. <laughs> That's the worst. Drooling with your dick out. (laughs) And I'm probably shouting and barking in my sleep. And like, oh man, I was like, oh my God, I've been on this train for like six hours. That's um, rough, isn't it? So you just start drinking again just to kind of take away the shame. But the good old old days, as I call them. When's the last time you had a drink? What's the... What time this morning? (laughs) Uh, well, in here is actually vodka and blackcurrant. No, um, well, I relapsed, didn't I? Because I was, uh, I first went into rehab when I was 27, and then I stayed sober for fuck 18 years. And yeah. then, I took on, then I took on the pub and um, in Plumstead, didn't I? I bought a pub and that all went yes. to it. So, um, can you edit that burp out? And, um, I uh, so the marriage collapsed. <laughs> I went into free fall, and sorry I, about that. 
<laughs> this is if you could get strings for this part of the um, podcast. Well, I suppose because we are going to put we're going to put a laughing track over it. If you don't mind. A Seinfeld laughing track. Seinfeld audience. If you could get more, Seinfeld Seinfeld audience, <laughs> you could get more on, one, just with the Kirby one, enthusiasm one. music at the end. I was hoping Morgan Freeman could do a voiceover oh, during this part. No, but I suppose no, it's that I... thing of because we know you, we we can be quite flippant about it. But obviously, you did like you did have a proper, not just a relapse, but you'd argue a psychotic. Can we talk episode. about you getting sectioned? This doesn't get edited. <laughs> yeah, this is what. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I suppose look, I got fucked, man. No one like. I mean, talk about being lighthearted about it. I mean, obviously, I wrote. Um, like the show for the Edinburgh Fringe was uh, Jesus Christ for the Cuckoo's Nest, and that was the first time I got sections. Um, actually, I was never sectioned. I always went in voluntarily. So, but they um, do that. They I mean, do that, don't they? They yeah. say you can come in if you say no, if you're not going to volunteer yourself. <laughs> two big guys just come in and do it for you. Yeah. He just we're, pushes we're, a buzzer under his desk, <laughs> and a trap door open. <laughs> Suddenly, you're in one flew over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, that was the name of the show, wasn't it? Jesus Christ flew into the Cuckoo's Nest. Because I did think I was Jesus. Um, so that was the first psychotic episode. Uh, that was in 2000. That was 2013. Um, and then I had a nervous breakdown after the marriage, and I, <laughs> the business went tipped up. Yeah, no. And then I, I did go into freefall, but then I um, also discovered uh, cocaine. Julian. Oh. <laughs> so discovered that, it really yeah. it years ago. <laughs> should have hit me up years ago man. I'd, <laughs> so I'd already that, found it so that, uh, I'd, I'd already patented it for the safety <laughs> 20 years mate I had something in my wallet what, were you under a pub. tree in a fucking cocaine I used to do it in your pub toilets <laughs> mate. in those toilets yeah mate I, they make the toilets in train spotting seem fucking. Oh, mate, fun. they were tight as anything. Oh, trying to do it, trying to trying to do drugs in your pub toilets were that was hard work. I'm gonna tell you now. Did you did you sniff at the Del Gwyn toilet? Mate, loads it's of too times. late to bar him, mate. That, um, going to yeah, going to your pub and starting comedy. All that that brings the bouncers. Really coincided with my wild times. Really? Yeah, ma'am. I thought you were chatty. Yeah, man. <laughs> I thought you used to talk a lot of shit. <laughs> you used to say a lot of cringy things. <laughs> While <Well>, sweating. Rob, <laughs> not in comedy. No, um, actually, I remember talking to you about stand-up, because you were asking me about it, and um, I remember going to you, oh, mate, it's a fucking waste of time, don't worry. And then, like, six weeks later, you won the Laughing Horse competition, and you went on to, like, really great things, and I was really Thank proud you. of you. I mean, Jules, you're... You know, you're still doing support things, but what, you know. I fucking won it as well, mate. No, yeah, but I won in the year that there was no one else. It was you and Jim. Well, but that was the biggest. It was a, not. I mean, Carl won it very quickly. I when I won it, it was the biggest ever um, apply e list. Twelve hundred, mate. Number one. <laughs> apply apply e list. <laughs> your command of the Queen's English. Applicants. Look. <laughs> Applicants. You know, like, you know, there was loads of applies. <laughs> 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 um, but, but no, yeah, but in terms it, of sorry, so you had yeah, so you had your, you then went on, on on the, on the skids because I remember I saw you. Do you remember we did some gigs together in Birmingham and you Lee, yeah. and and then you but you were smoking a lot of weed at that point. What point yeah. of the sort of that that period of you know on the skids well, was that? Well, what's interesting is, uh, um, well, I'll say interesting, you'll be the judge of that, I suppose. And because um, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, I suppose, like, for those people listening, uh, you, yeah, you, Carl, you know, I'm, I'm a mental health support worker now. I actually work in mental health. That's my full time. That's my. I, I had heard, yes. Yeah, so I suppose I've gone from, like, being a patient in uh, a psychiatric hospital to actually as a professional uh, working in hospitals at times. Um, so, yeah, I've gone that kind of lot full circle. But what's interesting about skunk is that I delicious. Had... <laughs> is that I know someone who can sell it, buy it. And uh, no, I am. Um, I just uh, it's the most insidious and if I can, I don't want to get all like, see oh man, I don't know. Listen, mate, I, 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 working in mental health now, and when I work on the wards, the most of the kids in there, uh, the, the majority of them are just fucked up from uh, smoking skunk. Totally, I'm, I'm like, 
it's weird. I'm Mr. Hippie liberal, you know, in terms of most things, but in terms of like drug legalization and that, I'm, I'm, I'm like the most right wing. Like I genuinely know, I know more people that have been fucked up by weed than I know of any other drug. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, they say it's the best way to ruin your life. Cause it's like so soft and gentle and like, there's no big dramas like there is with drink and other drugs. Bollocks, they can creep in, can't it? Well, what's interesting is that I was gen- like, so <clears throat> that led to my first, because you're saying on the slippery slope car, when was that? I mean, that led to my first. That was on your birth. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still sliding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm at the bottom. Don't worry. I'll see you there. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of a spliff. In a little, in that little pool that you come into off a water slide, Julie, floating around. I'm, I'm already at the bottom, rolling a joint. <laughs> well, what was this? Well, we used to smoke, didn't we? Together, we used to smoke. Uh, we used to smoke. Um, uh... But the quantity you'd put in a joint would, even when I was in the middle of it, was like too much, man. Yeah, no, I was smoking really... a bong. I know. I, I used to smoke, um, like, I used to smoke about 20 spliffs, spliffs a day, but I was smoking stuff called psychosis. And to be fair, it did exactly what it said on the chin. <laughs> you know, I mean, good choice, it works. Mate. It does work, it was, yeah. It was pure THC. And that's when I, I started having uh, delusions about, because I was really into, like, social inequality at the time and the wealth gap and helping. You were trying uh, to promote inequality, weren't you? I remember, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there needs to be more of Rise it. Rise up, kings. <laughs> Man down. <laughs> yeah, there's just not enough inequality in society. i tell you what it came off the back of. I read um, Owen Jones's book, Chavs, about oh, yeah. the, demon- yeah, yeah, yeah. the demonization of the working classes. And... Um, it was just talking about capitalism, and I was like, this is just too, you know, it's a bit like going down the rabbit hole, but when you're smoking 20 spliffs a day as well, I mean, and I really got into this kind of uh, thing that I was trying to uh, save, you know, and help working class kids, and I was going to try and get them to yeah, do community. Through com- <laughs> through community centres, like everyone I knew. Your babysit up. Saturday. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've met your kids, and um, oh. I. Uh, so, yeah, that was it, because I was going to go try and get people to teach working-class kids stand-up and uh, people that I knew that worked in acting that, to get teach So that they could definitely ruin their life. <laughs> so they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they don't literally... To give them no, even less skills to go into the job place. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> to give them no life skills. Yeah, but like, the idea is, is that, because I just had this thing that working-class kids weren't exposed to um, the arts. No, and, I, 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 that's absolutely true. true. Like, I am, um, yeah... I definitely sort of was, I was lucky in that I, I, I had a couple of teachers at school that got me interested in stuff that most working class kids just don't get interested in, like theatre and stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, it's hard, man. And also, if you, the thing people don't realise, it's not just school, it's your parents. My parents went into shit. You know what I mean? They got no interest whatsoever. So obviously I was never going to be... Um, sort of shown anything I wasn't like I didn't give I wasn't given any um, access to anything like artistically so like you know if you've got parents that are just working class people who have no interest in that how are you ever going to learn it unless it's through school completely completely. and like it's just you're not encouraged to do that I mean I was just encouraged um, I mean I was kind of like forced to go to study civil engineering because I grew up in Ireland so like that's where my like secondary and tertiary education was was. but there was no exposure to uh, the arts or anything like that and um, acting and anything so yeah and I and you're pretty much told at 16 to go and get a fucking job and start mm. contributing to the house uh, household bills. So, and there is that thing as well. Look, I mean, <clears throat> to become any form of intern or spend years at university, you need parents who can uh, support you. And uh, that doesn't yeah. really happen at the bottom end of society. And so my, my thing was that I was going to set up these community centres to help working class kids and ask my mates to kind of teach them stand up and singing and dancing or whatever they wanted to I do. I didn't get a call. Man. No, because I wanted people to put them in the right direction. Oh, I see. You wouldn't yeah. pass that pedo check. You need to, <laughs> <laughs> to work with kids. Yeah, I wasn't allowed within was... two miles of the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up, but the fact that you were on tag at the time for that. 
We don't want it. Yeah, they had a curfew like, and it started yeah. at seven. <laughs> I, 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 I can't, I can't believe you brought that up. And obviously you're going to edit that out about the time that Julian was. Did you? Are they all right now, those kids? <laughs> well, they're in a better place. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Well, witness protection. <laughs> with their maker again, you know. <laughs> with Never but challenge Julian to go darker than a joke you said. It'll, Julian will always go lower. <laughs> if, you, if you start a joke, he'll win. <laughs> with their maker. Anyway, so then I really got into that, and then I was just smoking shit loads, and then. Um, I, uh, but I've always had mental health problems anyway. Like when I was younger, it was like anxiety and depression and all that kind of stuff. But um, I felt like I was self-medicating. It was interesting because basically I'd stopped drinking and then uh, my nephew moved into my my flat and he was a proper stoner. And oh, I started smoking no. this. I did. And I started smoking this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this stuff is amazing. I completely zone out. And I was playing like Xbox and this whole new world opened to me. But obviously I didn't realise what it was. I can't do anything by half measure because it's just all or nothing, man. Do you know what I mean? And uh, as I said, and then that, uh, as you said yourself, um, with skunk, it, it does fuck your head up as well. I mean, it's not just me thinking yeah, that. Yeah. I do see it in my job as well. And I see it with some of my plot. Uh, patients who still smoke it just fucking it, it's just not good for you and um Brutal. i just had a psychotic episode and then i had this thing that i was sent here to save uh society and i thought i was jesus and uh, yeah, that's a really common i mean and not you know not sort of it's, it's a quite a common delusion isn't it people when people have a psychotic episode it's like the whole god delusion thing is really one of the main I, ones. I don't know what what is why I don't know why that is. Do you know? Is there any now you sort of got we some all are Jesus in the maybe film. underneath it? That's not helping, is it? If you're, somebody comes to you having a psychotic episode, you tell them, yeah, you probably are actually. Maybe you're right. Well, there is, yeah, there is that thing that God is inside all of us. But I, I, I yeah, the Jesus thing's quite an interesting one, and I did look into it. Um, but. As like it, the more I got into it, and I realised that like if you read the Bible, it's all quite there's quite a lot of psychotic stories in there that people with mental health problems that today would be I think it was like Job or something was dragging his son up. He had a message from God to slaughter his own son and stuff. Oh, yeah, but, was it, um, was it, um, Abraham, was it, yeah, 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 I don't know which I don't know which one it was, but um, the the messiah complex is quite a common thing and it's also to do with bipolar hence it's called a messiah complex there's a yeah. there's a there's a name for it yeah yeah like Very common brand uh who gets a lot of sticks to be honest with you but I, i've got a lot of time for him he's a uh, quite a interesting person but he did the messiah complex thing because he obviously had it through his political stuff you and obviously i've got bipolar disorder which means i get manic which means that i uh, when i'm having a manic episode really annoying yeah really annoying um and uh people just kind of like stop just really cut me out and like i've often called for julian and said julian can we and he's like no my phone's off and you know what i mean <laughs> he blocks you anytime you have yeah. any problems it's one of them great friends isn't it <laughs> he goes no nah, i'm really tied up for the next three to four months <laughs> i'm tied up so busy in lockdown i had a lot on it's that thing, but I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that's not true, but I mean, like, in terms of, it's funny how I've got friends who, you know, on your friend list, you've got ones that you would go to with any problem in the world, you know what I mean? Thanks, you could go man. to them with anything, and you've got friends who are like, I wouldn't even ask them to help me move, you know what I mean? You just know how shit they are. I mean, to be help. honest, I am um, one of the nice ones, I know, Rob. But, yeah. Oh, you broke up there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Blocks, I've got a lot on Julian, I can't answer that. <laughs> We met up a few times during lockdown, didn't we? And had some nice walks and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would Nothing say... better to do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's we, got, we got moved on by the police, actually, didn't we? Do you remember? We were doing a drug deal, not really. Yeah, you told we me, were... I remember you saying this at the time. What You were sitting in a park and you were too close. And I thought, why is that car driving across the heath? And it was an undercover police car towards us. It's not really yeah, undercover if you're driving across a park. I know, it's like... <laughs> it's really blown cover then, haven't you? It, it was the lamest thing to get moved on by the police for. What was, I mean, what was it for? Sitting too near each we other? Were, no, not even near. We just That was the height of lockdown. You just weren't allowed to sit down in a park. 
Did you see the? I mean, I'm going to start sound like an anti sort of masker or something here, but did you see that um, video of the woman in Melbourne getting arrested for sharing a? Uh, she was she she started a group on Facebook to try and organise an anti mask protest, and she got arrested for setting up the Facebook group, which is yeah. that's, a, that's a bit insidious. I'm I'm one of these people that's like, you know, but isn't I'm, there always more to it than that? That just seems like apparently that. not, man. I mean, where that's not illegal to do, though. Well, but they're saying it is illegal. And they've because Australians, they, they're lo- the legal system oh. in Australia, man. They're so strict on everything. It's like they're, they're you know when people go, it's health and safety gone mad. In the, in this country, it's not. You go to Australia, their health and safety regulations are ridiculous. Like, but um, they reckon it was yeah because they were saying it was incitement. You know, obviously because they've got a proper lockdown, they've got curfew and everything there. I mean, so unless she was saying, let's go and beat people up and go no, mad. Was, they were saying that organising a group uh, gathering was it's a peaceful incitement. protest. Yeah, well, but no, it doesn't matter. Apparently, they've actually changed. They, they're the sort of it's outside the law now to organise that. So she got busted, and she was heavily. I mean, she's pregnant. It's fucked as well. up, isn't it? That I'm, I, there's definitely a line where I go, fuck, man. I'm or I'm on her side. You know, what I mean, even though definitely. I definitely, I sort of, I, I think I get the mask wearing. I think it's sort of. But once uh, you start uh, arresting people for Facebook groups, I mean, that's too far, isn't it? Unless fucked. it's like you know, what I mean. It's illegal well yeah unless like it's rob's porn of... <laughs> um... in minutes because you two seem to be i mean i don't know do, do, do you need me here yeah. <laughs> we do need you here, Look at rob getting all left out <laughs> man getting all sad Ironic. i'm completely Shut up. me and cole were talking sorry cole <laughs> yeah, the adults are talking the normal people are talking gonna have a go on the fruit machine a sec <laughs> <laughs> Put your earphones in your eye. Play you on your iPad for a little. While. <laughs> I've completely unplugged from social media. I, I uh, that's good. It's just fucking nuts, man. And you ever like, plugged into it? <laughs> yeah, too much. And I think we just got um, look. I don't know whether this is a debate for this time or not, but I mean, um, I, I, there's just this massive sensory overload these days. And like, I was, I was having this conversation last night actually because like when I was growing up, it was like the news was something you had to kind of like take time out to watch and almost like you, um, cheers, mate. That's the Coca-Cola. You do product placements on your show, but, um, but there's this hope's going to sell out now (laughs) (laughs) or or go bust. Uh, Coca-Cola. It's good enough for Jesus. But I, um, the, uh, and when Facebook started off, it was almost like this innocent type, you know, because every single status started off with is. And uh, yeah, yeah. it was just people putting pictures of cats up. And, well, and also, and, it, just, it just came off the back of like, do you remember like Friends Reunited? So yeah, there was, Facebook yeah. came in and it became the, oh, it's a way of catching up with old people I haven't seen since school. Oh. And it was a nice sort of, there felt like there was a uh, a gentle sort of community feel to it. And then and sweet and it was all like oh here's something like, i don't it was it was held up to it was risible at times obviously people going this is a sandwich i've just made but yeah, yeah, yeah. quite innocent and like uh, it's become the equivalent of now of walking into a stranger's house banging on the door and then they open the door and you start shouting at them your opinion and then you're saying to them i want you now to have my Can opinion uh, no, I did, and that's why they got sections. <laughs> no, I um, but I uh, th- 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 and you couldn't also when Facebook started put um, shared kind of news stories, as it were, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, that story you're just talking about in Melbourne. Well, there wasn't across. news. There was no news on Facebook. It wasn't used as that, was no, it? Was the thing, and now it's like people just put stuff up, and they, underneath it, you just get this. It just, it just. just vile hatred it's, it's so yeah, yeah. i don't think anyone's ever entered a facebook uh debate and left it going do you know what i've really changed my opinion and uh, why, why do you get into the di- i mean i i don't i don't get in, i've never had a debate online in my no, life i mean i've never had a debate on facebook maybe five times in my entire twitter history have i ever you know because i've done a joke or something and someone's replied quite weirdly or shittily and i've sort of normally i just don't i don't ignore it but like maybe five times i've replied and got into a tiniest little thing but then i just felt like i like reading them i find it entertaining but it's because i'm like detached i guess i'm not involved yeah i know but yeah i just um i I, i've 
surely you've, uh, especially with stand-ups, man, because I've got a real kind of cross-section of friends. I've got, obviously, I've got my muggle friends who've never done stand-up, but I've got obviously quite a lot from my years of doing stand-up. Um, and they're kind of sitting at home all day with not a lot to do, and they tend to jump on, and you've got a real kind of liberal... Same, well, I mean, obviously, you kind of didn't work much anyway, but... Carl <laughs> <laughs> successful. Only seven days a week. No, Carl's done really well. <laughs> and, um, Jay but like, it. <laughs> but, like... Because, like, George, you mentioned it as well about the whole virtual signal thing, and, and, and like... It, when you it's, do it, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know, man. It's just so divisive. It just polarizes people, and I've just kind of absolutely just kind of plugged out from it because I mean, there's, the, the extremes of both sides are crazy, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I definitely think it's obvious which one's definitely got more threat of uh, harm, hasn't it? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's always. I often see that. I, I get that. That's quite a sort of. There's people that, that sit in sort of the centre and go, look, guys, you know, there's bad people on both sides. It's like, yeah, of course there's bad people on both sides. But I know, yeah. Which one would you want taken to the... I know, one if side, you had like, to pick, which one was taken right, to its ultimate Nazis, conclusion? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's so if you're actually... If you are a genuine centrist or you're sort of a devil's advocate and you were put on the spot and said, pick one, you'd... You could, you worst case scenario ended up totally running the world. You, if you don't pick left, then you're not, then probably you've got some sort of subconscious, you know, sort of right. I find it hard views. to um, pick. Like I did that, you know, that Briggs personality test. Yeah, you yeah, heard yeah. Of it? it's quite. I did it, and I'm like naturally kind of banned. on the face <laughs> banned from doing it. <laughs> I'm naturally psychopathic. <laughs> no, but because I, you're currently waiting to get picked up by the van. <laughs> it had jobs I should do afterwards. In the, I mean, I tell you what, like, it had like diplomat where really? I'm on the middle on stuff. I can see both sides of arguments and things. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's why, yeah. <laughs> um, like I don't, I find it hard to kind of commit, you know what I mean? To like, right. Like to a left or right or I don't know. Relationship. A, a relationship. Come out of a 16-year <laughs> one. To your kids. <laughs> um. To commit to any responsibility. <laughs> but, I mean, that might be a cop-out on me. It's lazy. I mean, I don't know. It's a bit of a cop-out maybe. Anyway, I want to please everyone. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're failing. I mean, <laughs> obviously I'm a nice guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Self-praise is all you got and um i yeah no i just thought uh, yeah so with the uh uh, the, the 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 facebook thing and the twitter thing i just as i said it's just it's just incessant news and it's not necessarily um positive news and i just feel i see it i mean obviously because working in mental health it doesn't have a massive detrimental it's it's quite odd because you two are quite aloof from it and I, I, i've noticed that especially with george because I, I go on about president trump and you think oh i think he goes like i think it's quite funny yeah yeah uh so george will see the funny side of it where i'll be going yeah but he's bringing america to the precipice of like uh you know um, racism and i guess just... if i was in america i might you know what i mean be but i, 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 I don't know I, I just see it as a bit of a stand-up comic as i mean i'm not like following it massively politics but when i see little bits as he's doing in that yeah like, it's a I weird just, one though i think the distance is the thing because i have that i you know on a political or sort of cultural level i couldn't imagine somebody i'd be further from than him i think he's and i do think he's I just he think is that's what America is, though, isn't no, it? No, but I do think that you know, you've, if you any, if you have any knowledge of American history and politics, you know, it's a pretty fucked up country. But the, the, definitely in the last four years, like just like, it, it is getting, you know, it's getting to the point of civil war, you know. But at the same time, the distance, the fact that I'm not in America, like Julian said, I I still sometimes find. Him, as I think the reason he like when is he so said that China thing, it was funny. It was but so this is why he's so inappropriate. Popular. You know what I mean? China, China. But this like, is why he's going to. He's, why he's probably going to win because he's ultimately he's not well, like I, I politicians. He's charismatic way... and he's a bit of a prick and he's f- quite funny and that's what people are voting for the for yeah. him. They don't give a shit Love anymore about party show. politics or left or right. Like people are, now, people are so I think 
almost narcissistic. They just want to vote for the person that they find, oh, I find him funny. I, I honestly think the way to beat him, and I'm no political strategist, I've only got into <laughs> that, it over the was last that on two your years. My, your Myers, whatever list it was. <laughs> I think the way to beat him would be to say what he does good as well. Like, if he does do certain things good, like the stock exchanges up, unemployment or whatever, if that's true, yeah, then include that in like because all all the all they seem to be doing is just like like misinterpreting what he's saying as well and yeah, but, even, but, no, but even but no but even when they factually his quote his his something horrendous he's said and they point but out what how, he says is bad and like when he said that about the bleach thing yeah bad enough what he said it was ridiculous yeah exactly he didn't say what he didn't say was, I advise you to drink bleach, but that's what it said in the paper. Well, that's it. That's part and of the problem is... His fans anytime... will go, it is fake news. Well, yeah, that's it. It, it is. But yeah, anytime what he's saying he's... bad enough. That's it. Let it. And also, sometimes you've got to let somebody sort of hang themselves almost. Yeah, it, I think they should do that more and they should, you know, say what he's doing good and then, however, we will, we will do all those things. And, then... and but, this, but I think the social media is part of the reason he will probably win again i reckon because like he's in the, the lead on the polls the constant it. attacks from the other side on his supporters aren't making them change their mind he's he's an incumbent president who which statistically normally they win right a second term so he's got that to his in his favor and he's also got this fan base who are so like you know tightly knit. he can't do anything you can't like, you know the more you attack him the more they're gonna just support him yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no way around it other than and he do, he does off get a, a bit. Good, he does get good, a good team, but like you know, like the doctors Fauci and Doctor Burks, they were they were really good. I mean, he, over he, the years, like, in his first term, a lot of them have left and ended up. Yeah, yeah, he has a high turnover. him off and all ended PR, up in prison. So that's not 100 percent true. <laughs> but his new PR um, person, Kaylee Macalelli or something, she does all the press conferences now. Right. She's like so sharp and killing it at the moment. Whether you agree with what she's saying or not, and I'm not fact-checking any of it, obviously, but she's like he- dealing with the hecklers of the journalists. And, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, that's the thing. She- I think he's, you know, I think any country that would vote in a basically a bad businessman yeah, TV star is fucked already. So I yeah. almost have li- like I've got. He's the not king a lot of, of capitalism, isn't he? Like he's the king of it. Yeah. So they've they, they you know they've made their bed really. like a Bond I've got, villain. I've got, I haven't got as much sympathy as I probably should have for for him as a country. There we go. That's our that's our thoughts, Rob. But what you're saying is you go online and get into arguments about about him on Facebook groups. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, no, um, no. It's um, yeah. So that's basically just trying to plug out from the constant uh, barrage of just shit news that yeah, we see. Yeah. But that's all. Yeah. Do you not think though? Like growing up, did you know anything about American fucking day-to-day news? I don't think we did because from we spitting image is all I watched. That's I it. We got R- Ronald Reagan spitting image things like. But now this is weird. Like with social media, you're sort of. You don't just get shit news from your own country. You get shit news from every other country. It's like it's non... And because of the 24-hour, like, you know, you're getting it at all different times of the day. So I, I think it's horrible. It is, since I uh, have been on this planet, I mean, there's, I've lived through the threat of um, <laughs> the plague. No, uh, the, like, so... Uh, AIDS, swinging uh, 60s. No, like, so I've had, uh, you know... In, in, the Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis. Yeah, I did preempt this with the plague, but... <laughs> Apartheid. <laughs> no, I did. I mean, yeah, you like, did actually, Apartheid wasn't ended Nuclear too. war, um, AIDS, acid rain, the whole of the ozone layer, fucking what have you. I mean, it's always been like this constant that we're on the precipice of uh, global disaster. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and like, obviously that was reflected in culture to a certain extent, as in, like, Things like threads and terrible songs entering the charts about nuclear holocaust. Yeah, but yeah. It was all. It was all very kind of like you had to kind of always like search it out. And, yeah, definitely. Um, but now it's just like you're being fucking peppered with it every time you turn. You on can the mute people, and you can like Cole does mute certain words on Twitter. Yeah, and mate. Stuff. Mute the word no. Trump, and then you'll never see another Trump. Yeah, mute That's the amazing. word Trump. Mute the word fucking news. Mute but, the word. Bre- I muted the word Brexit. A you know, couple of years back, and it was one of the best things I ever did on Twitter. 
exactly. I mean, that's another thing to polarise the country. And, like, I, ironically, I mean, COVID, which uh, you'd probably think something that would solidify us as a nation, has even fucking polarised us with, like, the, you know, you're either for masks or against masks. And I've become quite... Look, I'm not a tinfoil hat wearing person by any stretch of the imagination, but I just think the catastrophe we're headed for with the, you know, there's 15 million people on furlough that's ending in the end of October. Uh, they're going to come on furlough. They have no jobs to go back to. There's yeah, going to be massive employment. Yeah. going to be massive civil unrest. And I see the kind of like men's, sorry to get all kind of deep and heavy, but. No, um, but it's weirdly because you work in it. This is interesting because yeah. I think, you know, I was reading about yesterday about the mental health uh, implications and fallout of lockdown. It, Fucking there's crime. loads. I mean, I see it. Even like, unemployment alone, the stats for unemployment, like if there's a million unemployed, like there'll be a thousand suicides or something. It's crazy is, stats that thing. I just and made like, up on the spot. But there is a crazy like, stat, though, that's not that. But yeah. there is one. Look at that, thoughtful Julian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Julian. Over to you with the weather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not just I mean, guess at news. Rob, hang on, it's froze. Or you've had a psychotic episode. <laughs> Rose, um, Ro- Rob's having a turn. <laughs> he's gone again, mate. His head's gone. <laughs> um, let me just. Uh, hang on. You, oh, yeah. Yeah, there he is. You're he's back. There now. You're back. No, because I was, I was having this debate about the lockdown thing, and so statistically, because like the. the the, the, the fear is that uh, if you are a certain uh, strata in society or a demographic, i.e. over the age of 60, or have underlying health problems. But for every thousand people that get it between the ages of 60 and 70, a thousand people contract it. And out of those thousand people, one person will die. Yeah. Okay, so you're having... Well, that's lower than the flu, I think. Flu, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, 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 it's tiny. I mean, it's negligible. And uh, what's interesting is that if you take the economic fallout from... You know, if you look about what's happened uh, across the board, come February next year, this country, and obviously mixed with Brexit as well, which was just us really uh, economically just kicking ourselves in the, in the bollocks... Um, there's going to be mass unemployment. I mean, if you look at the rate of domestic violence has gone through the roof, yeah, alco- yeah. alcoholism has gone through the roof, uh, drug addiction has gone through the roof, uh, crime's rising. And, it, you know, there's all these social implications that people just go, and, yeah, but um, that's just not taking into consideration Granny Smith. But out of a <clears> thousand <throat> Granny Smiths that get it, one Granny Smith will die. Whereas yeah, yeah, for that, yeah. that one person or the, the 999 is costing economically and on a social scale ridiculous. And like I, a lot of my clients who've got paranoid schizophrenia, obviously they're at a disadvantage, obviously because they've got paranoid schizophrenia. But <laughs> is that the, not good to have? <laughs> that's not good to have. But the lockdown has absolutely crippled them. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's quite frightening. And like even just Joe. Even just people in the street, there's this, there's this kind of um, almost fear. And I, I, I feel sorry for you guys because obviously you're stand-up comedians. One minute you've got a diary full of work, overnight, bang, it's done. Your income's yeah. gone, and your sense of purpose is gone. And like, obviously you've held it together, Cole. Right, mate. Julian's <laughs> an example of what happens when you know you've lost interest in yourself. I did the twelve steps during lockdown, mate. Got well. <laughs> And uh, but you know, Found you, Jesus. Uh, you, you guys, I mean, I'm right wing. Actually, had a busy, busy few months. <laughs> I'm a massive racist, and, and um, but they um, so like you guys are just a, a small uh, segment of society that have just been absolutely decimated. And across the arts, I mean, I'm sure you've got friends who are actors all out of work. Yeah. I mean, I've got all my friends who were in the service industry all have lost their jobs. Events all- industry, I mean, it's so many. It's people just don't realise what's going to happen, man. And like uh, uh, having uh, work in mental health, obviously, I've got you know, I've had my. You know, because I was saying to Jules beforehand, Carl, about um, some of the suicide attempts I've had, but it been quite funny uh, in retrospect. But I mean, it's. I offered to drive Rob to Beachy Head during lockdown, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was feeling quite suicidal. And Julian wanted my car. You've always wanted my car. <laughs> I just what? like his car. It's kind of an oldish Merc compressor. I've always liked them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was going to me, is it right if I drive you to Beachy Head? 
And then you sign the car over to me before you jump off. <laughs> yeah. Actually, because I I one of my favourite uh, suicide stories, because like, when I was younger, uh, I was like 20, I was still like in my early 20s, like my late teens, early 20s, I was like massively suicidal. But I never wanted it to make it look like suicide because I wanted my family. Did you want to die a hero or something? Like no, something? didn't want That's it to. my look- fantasy. <laughs> you can save everyone that's one dream you've got to let go so i but i never i, I wanted my family like so when i committed suicide I, I knew it was hard enough dealing with my death you committed suicide did you i don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what holy water could do and um you are jesus and the power of prayer um so Basically, as I said, I didn't want it to look like a suicide. So I always was going to ha- like have an accident. I was going to like my, what some of my plans were. I was going to go to Brighton during the broad daylight and fall off the pier into the water, or I was going to have an accident. Can and you then, not swim then? No, but when I was going to fall off the pier, I was going to make sure that I hit my head on the scaffolding on the way oh, down. Jesus. I mean, sorry to like give you suggestions, but heroin in a hotel room, man. No. Yeah, but yeah, then that would look like he, he was yeah. trying to take off the guilt just of his put family. Just in your diary for the following week as if like you had plans. No, no, no. A load no, of no. heroin. Because with... well, I took out life insurance and if you commit suicide, the life insurance doesn't, doesn't pay yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, fuck. And for what it is, and I'd say, that, <laughs> I just remembered actually, it was quite funny. Because uh, my parents were on social welfare, I actually set up a bank account to pay for my own funeral, but because I was an alcoholic, I drank most of it anyway. But I mean, I um, <laughs> so but then um, I it was Boxing Day 1999, and I'd gone to watch Arsenal uh, play West Ham, uh, Boxing Day tradition, and then I got out at uh, Leicester Square Tube Station, and every Christmas in Leicester Square they have a fun fair, and um, they had the Wall of Death. Do you know the? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah up against the cage and it spins around yeah it's a brilliant idea (laughs) i mean i was absolutely hammered and i saw it uh the wall of death and i thought this is brilliant what i'm going to do is i'm going to get on the wall of death and when it spins around no i'm going to stick and this is one of the very few times you'll hear the term centrifugal force using a suicide attempt i I was going to stick my fingers back my throat uh the centrifugal force would force the vomit back my windpipe i would choke to death on my own vomit and i was going to elaborate than just jumping out the top and flying across leicester square i'm gonna say heroin in (laughs) hotel room again man (laughs) that's just too obvious it's too obvious, man. So what I did is I went around... You're choking on your vomit and the wall of death. <laughs> it's, it's obvious, but it's also way too niche, mate. I've got to say. Keep yeah, it in the middle. Who's going to say that's not an accident? Who's not going to... Yeah, you're right. You know I what suppose. I mean? So You've you got to think about you it. You can't do it now anyway because we've got you on tape. Yeah, just pay, know, just pay someone to stab you, innit? As if it's a... Anyway, just... I mean, I'll do, it, I'll do it at cost price. I'll do it family and friends. <laughs> Right, so anyway, I went around to Notre Dame Church um, in Leicester Square because I used to go to AA meetings there. And I prayed and I said, uh, dear God, sorry, forgive me for what I'm about to do. Look after my family and the rest of it. And I was about, and so uh, I was absolutely hammered, okay, at this stage. And um, I went to go and get on the wall of death, but I was so hammered, I fell over and the guy wouldn't let me on because I was so oh, pissed. God. So I was, drink save me um so uh that was one suicide attempt that uh didn't go well um, what when was this this morning not really when was it morning 1999 but the other oh, one was yeah. a couple of years ago when i went up to london and um i decided that i was going to jump off um london bridge and uh so i hired a hotel in town and I went in there, and uh, I was on a five-day binge of uh, coke and booze, and because uh, I was going to go out in a blaze of glory. And uh, I, when I finished the b- vodka, I smashed the bottle and I carved the word failure into my leg. Uh, but what? I, yeah, you say that, Cole. But what's it? What really annoyed me is that I was really drunk. At the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt it wrong. I left out the L. And, uh, <laughs> what was he trying to say? <laughs> right, anyway, uh, 
And I was, because I'm a bit of a pedant. They're looking for people called fur. (laughs) So anyway, I was was like, so I coughed and I was like, oh no, man. And I I was almost going to like, do you know when you write, uh, when you're writing and you leave a letter out, you almost put an arrow in and then the letter underneath it. I mean, I was going (laughs) to. You never do an arrow. Do you do an arrow? I do an arrow, yeah. Yeah, I do a line. But I I couldn't just scrub it out because that would have been too painful. And um, so then I. So then, then I've gone out to the bridge and I've texted my ex-wife and gone, uh, just look after Freddie, my son, and I'm sorry. And I caught my iPhone and I threw it in the Thames and uh, I climbed up on the bridge and it was at two o'clock in the morning and uh, I looked down into the Thames and I went, oh, that looks a bit cold. And it's amazing what goes through your head in the last minutes. When you're back. And I went, I'm not sure I want to spend the last few minutes of my life thrashing around. And I'll probably hit a shopping trolley um, or something like that. a vest or on or something? A vest? <laughs> some scuba diving gear. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some funny stories about that. Anyway, this anyway, sounds so I... bleak, by the way. I'm only, like, joking. Obviously. Yeah, of course. Like, I do. It's fucking not making light quite, of suicide. It's quite brutal to hit. We're just blasting the, the time. If I, if I wasn't laughing, it would be different. But so... Um, so then I climbed back off the bridge and then I was like, right, I've got to go back to my hotel. And then I realized all my details of the hotel were on my phone. Yeah. And I'd I thrown that into the Thames. So I was walking around London going to people and I was off my fucking nut and I was going, you, do you know what hotel I'm staying at? No, no. Did they remember any of them? No. And then I got into a cab and I, fla- I flagged him down and I said, Listen, uh, this is what's happened. If you can open my, uh, I, I gave him fifty quid up front, and I went, if you hit fifty pounds, if you open up my email account on your iPhone, you can get the details of my hotel, and then can you drive me to the hotel? Can you and do some front- admin for me? <laughs> <laughs> can you reply to a few gigs? <laughs> you get farm, these- <laughs> farm a self-assessment return. <laughs> so- you cancel a few gigs for me. <laughs> So then he opened up my email account and he literally drove across the bridge and went, there you are. And oh, so, what? And then obviously he charged me for the journey as well on top Fuck of it. Which uh, and then I was telling my friends about this about a month later and about me carving a uh, failure into my leg. And um, he was just like sitting there staring at me like quite uncomfortable. And then he went, uh, well, now things are going well. You're going to carve success into the yeah. other leg. <laughs> <laughs> that love and hate thing, but just miss out both C's by accident. It's just Suez. <laughs> so yeah, Doctor <laughs> Zeus. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but the failure thing is quite annoying because it's still the, the scar still on my leg, and every time I see it, I just that's actually more Can't annoying. Can you switch that to like this is a, this is my rock bottom, and it reminds you always reminds you of your rock bottom and where you are now. Do you know what I mean? Sitting in some kid's bedroom. It's probably not the rock bottom now. I'd, still, I'd say the wall of death story is worse. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Tripping that over before you get on it. I know, the guy was like, you're too pissed to get on, mate. I was like, but you don't understand. It's over the top of the failure uh, sky, you need to get a tattoo of the wall of death to remind you of your rock bottom. Yeah, no, the uh, yeah, the scar, I suppose, every time I look at it, Jules, is, uh, I suppose it's, it's yeah, in many ways, it is kind of a reminder of how bad things got. But it, it, you can't, um, look, man, it, it, like, as I said, like, and I just, be, I, you know, obviously I, I get, you know, I still get bouts of depression and, and, and like, I get suicidal and all the rest of it still. I mean, that's part of my nature and my illness, but... Um, you got me to ring up now and yeah, annoy I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're like the opposite of the Samaritans. I call you in a good mood and I leave suicidal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I... Um, you want to borrow your car. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first <laughs> question. How's the, the motor? He's so flippant about... Well, like, like, yeah, but that's probably maybe actually quite a good way to be I sometimes. think it helped you, man. Yeah. But I no, it, said it. Look, I'm not trying to give out... A, like, I mean, like, if... Um, if because I got quite um, frustrated with a lot of comedians started to almost monetize mental health. Oh, mate, that's one of my biggest bugbears in comedy in the last decade is, you know, and it's not just some, I don't say it's just comedians, but it's like, what online in particular as well. Like, they, they, they basically, everything's now a mental health problem where it's like, again, like, you know, talking to you, 
I you know I know I know people that have had it to that degree. I know people that have killed themselves. You know, I've had depression. I've been um, sort of you know given medication a bunch of times in my life. I've had therapy and all that stuff. You know, I know how dark it can get. But like, I know people that sort of talk about it. Like they've got a little bit of anxiety, and it happens to coincide with the Edinburgh Fringe each year. Fucking, that's weird, <laughs> isn't it? And they're talking about their mental health struggle. Like, I saw a thing genuinely on the new, not on the new BBC Breakfast, like two weeks ago, about male postnatal depression. Right now, you know, I was interested in that because I was like, I've got a twelve, thirteen week old baby, right? So lovely, and I'm sort of, I'm luckily, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm not having any sort of negative thoughts, but. Um, they were talking about male mental health, uh, um, postnatal depression, and they interviewed one guy, and they were like, tell us your story. And he was like, well, you know, I'd never had any any mental health problems in my past. Like, and he goes, but um, after it was about three weeks after the baby was born, I just started feeling really sort of anxious and uh, a lot of sort of different feelings I'd not felt before. And in my head, I was like, mate, you were fucking knackered. It's three yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. in. You're not depressed. Yeah. You literally haven't slept for three weeks. I you know, know. We, don't, we don't have to medicalize every single negative feeling it, it actually yeah, yeah, undermines yeah. proper mental health issues i think definitely i know and i just find it look man it's not like it's we're not playing top trumps here we're not trying to go well you you know did you have you ever tried to it's not about that i just uh, i've seen some people who don't have mental health problems they're hosting podcasts it, it, they're doing comedy shows about reaching Thanks, out and man. mental <laughs> health stuff and it's like yeah i mate it's i i totally agree zero interest in mental health you don't this is you, you trying to promote yourself and i find it and like it's not yet yeah, i am at the cold face of mental health both like uh, obviously i i have bipolar disorder i work in mental health i, I wanted to try and you know make like a difference as much as i could and uh, and as regards the kind of almost diet mental health problems that people have as in like as you said uh three weeks after my son was born i hadn't slept or i, I was feeling it's like no that's just fucking having a three-week-old child yeah, i mean that's totally. just, and, and it, it, it uh, and it's not to dismiss what people are going through at times but sometimes i just find it a little bit it it, it trivializes it all and it becomes problem is that people go oh what you've got mental health problems as well and it's funny because someone put a, a post on the uh facebook recently and someone put underneath it oh i you should know that this person's got mental health and like quite rightly the person put underneath it fuck me it's really hard to keep up with who's got mental health problems these days yeah, yeah. Like, and, and like it's not that i'm going yeah well i've got real mental health problems I, it just gets a bit and uh, with well, i know the- but i don't weirdly like i know it sounds almost harsh but i do think there is a there's almost like a league table of mental health issues and problems. And like, you know, your body, anxiety is not a problem. Anxiety is your body's way of telling Sometimes you something telling is you not something, right. Telling you something, something not happening in your life right So yeah. So if, you're, if, you're, if you find yourself in, uh, you know, you suddenly you find yourself in your overdraft and you, you know, your finances are fucked, you've lost your job and, yeah. you've got, and, you're, and you're stressed. That's not, you're not suffering from a mental health problem. be a sign you're to react, You're not a psychopath. Well. You're reacting to how shit your life has suddenly got. And I think, you know, I think we're too quick to say, oh, you've got an illness. It's like, no, the world is not currently not going well for you. Let's try and fix that. And then we can yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what else is going on. We need to help people sort their lives out rather than just instantly give them some people are doing coke and drinking all the time i'm wondering they feel a bit depressed sometimes (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it's weird i always felt depressed two days after taking mdma yeah yeah yeah. i feel a bit low (laughs) a bit vulnerable Again, like if again, if I can give my wisdom of uh, of, of mental health, and, I, and Jules would, uh, I, I hope would, and, and obviously after what you said earlier, Carl, about people smoking weed and stuff, if there's one thing for fucking sure, man, uh, the self medicating with drink and drugs yeah. is just. It's hard fuck. to stop when you're in it, though, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, and you know that, and I know that, and it's a quick fix, and it's there, and it's like, but, mate, I mean, you know, George. It's a good start, isn't it, getting sober? And yeah. Then yeah. Deal, with, deal with what's left after that, but while you're yeah, on it, yeah, yeah. impossible. Yeah, I mean, when I was in that tailspin for two years of coke and and, uh, and booze, it was just fuck. It was it was it was, like, was never ending. Right. I did, you know, and it was, I just couldn't get out of it. And like, well, I was out of it for two years, shall I say? And I, I just um, 
<laughs> someone said, why did you stop when I ran out of money? But I mean, yeah. I, I, um, I, it, it fucking destroyed me. I mean, it, it absolutely just destroyed me. And like my mental health was just the worst. The, the, the thing is like, and obviously I was speaking to Jules, um, you know, I, I had a bout of depression just before I went, like, I went to go and see my son Freddie for like a week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And like the bad timing of me having a bout of depression coming up to that, was just beyond me and like like trying to look after my son and like i'm dead inside i don't feel any joy and i'm just trying to like get through it and but you do yeah and it passes and it yeah, lifts yeah. and at the this time too you, shall pass it does and i said it to jules and jules did text me that thing and like someone else texted me it's going it'll pass robert and like um because i've got friends that i do text when i'm feeling that can kind of understand it and um but when you're down there, you'll feel, oh, my God, this is never going to – I'm never going to feel happy again. I'm never going to see a happy day. This is never going to change. I can't believe it's back again. I'm tired of fighting this. Because when it comes back, you're like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Not, you know, man, is it ever going to leave me alone? And I, So that the last bout lasted about three weeks, and it peaked when I was up seeing my son. And, like, my son's only six, you know what I mean? And, like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't fucking understand, you know what I mean? And I'm doing my best. Be a, be a dad and the rest of it and obviously you've got a child now and Jules has had kids and you know it, it's um, it, it, but it, it, the, the worst thing I could have done in that situation is to go for a line yeah or, of course uh, get a drink because yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it a quick it, fix to yeah, it's and it just makes everything. If I could get any message out today to because like that's the thing as well about mental health is uh, it's um it's fucking massive. It's huge. Yeah. One in three, one in three people suffer from mental health problems in this country. And I've always been a bit of an ambassador for it in many ways. I mean, that's why I wrote the show I did years ago about uh, mental health and what have you. And I think as well, um, if it's kind of coming from a, not a kind of a celebrity angle, just some blokes, three blokes talking on zoom who've <laughs> all, you know, you know, and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, you're a stand-up, you're a successful comedian. I'm a mental health worker. Jules is, and what? Jules is what? What are you there, Jules? Legend, I think this is the term. <laughs> it's a term that's been thrown about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Class yeah. above. And it's like, next level. Yeah, Dan, Dan, legend. But like, you know, because people might be surprised to hear that you've had depression uh carl or you know and, and, it may, and all of a sudden it's like oh shit it's all right it's, it's you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm getting it now mate <laughs> <laughs> no, no. as we come I'm, to the uh, end of the podcast we've all got it next in my dealer just going through my drawers no, see if i can find some old wraps <laughs> trying to lick my bog seat from last jan <laughs> I try and get a little bit of a serious Sorry. message. Sorry. Well, no, the, the message was already came No, across. the message was clear, man. And, you know, it's um, where are you? I mean, you're in a good place today at the moment, yeah? No, I'm in Plumstead. That's what I mean. <laughs> Plumstead. <laughs> Maybe that's I've, your problem. As I've, talked about, I've talked about Plumstead on stage, about it. It's literally I grew up in Plumstead it's almost from, impenetrable. From for, it's the worst part of London to get. It's impossible to get <laughs> to, Pol man. The Polthorne Estate I grew up on. It's, Paul uh, Thorne Estate. Yeah, opposite Paul Muscat. Thorne, the comedian. <laughs> oh, Paul Thorne, oh yeah. <laughs> Paul Thorne, P-O-L. That's a weird, it's, imagine his, fucking hell, they really loved his comedy. Named <laughs> <laughs> in the state after Crap him. on Paul Thorne. <laughs> um, we've got to wrap it up. Um, but Rob, great to see you, man. Good to, yeah, good to speak to you, man, and I'll speak to you. Well, I'll speak to you every day, nearly. It was a good, and it was a good chat. I thought it was very interesting. We had some heavy, fun. It was nice. We had some interesting stuff. It was good. It was yeah, nice. Real. Want to get too heavy, and I really enjoyed your. Uh, what was fucking? How could you have got heavier? <laughs> two suicide stories. I want to take it, guys. I don't want to get too heavy on you. I don't you, want to right? tell you the real talk stuff. Joking <laughs> no, yeah, no. on my own vomit on a fairground ride in Leicester Square. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. Nice to keep your... it light. I mean, this is going out for the for the. This is the PG version. <laughs> Uh, but I enjoyed your uh, show online, uh, Carl. Oh, thanks, oh, cheers, mate. That was um, oh. yeah, that was a bit of an experiment. I might do another one actually because I've written loads of new stuff since it. No, proper funny, man. Is the show still up at the moment? It is actually. I said I'd take it oh, down cool. after three days. I've just left it on because some people just, just are still getting around it, to yeah. watching it. It's all right. Some of it will never ever see the light of day again. So I'm quite happy it's up. No, um, 
let people know when it's on. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I will. Yeah, I might share it around again. Um, but anyway, that is the end of the podcast. Um, Rob, thanks for coming. My pleasure. And it's and good to, to see you. Thank you for letting me know about modern technology. I know, mate. You've got a great headset on now. So, um, it's really, really nice piece of kit, helped. man. Yeah, mate. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Take care. Bye. Take <laughs> Yes. No, no, no. I might do.